They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Hello and welcome to the show. If you're enjoying it and want an ad-free experience, consider signing up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash the101podcast get early access and exclusive content on there as well for less than the cost of a cup of coffee links to ways of supporting the show are in the description thank you so much for listening and enjoy this episode welcome to the juan on juan podcast this is zombies and the occult what is a zombie A zombie is a mythological undead corporeal revenant created through the reanimation of a corpse. A person believed to be dead who has been returned to life, albeit in a very diminished state, through black magic. Usually associated with Haitian Vodun, the zombie blindly serves a sorcerer who made him or her. Zombies are physically identical to humans, but have no conscious experience. Some topics can be brushed off because they seem like science fiction, but there are actual documented cases of real-life zombies, one of those cases being the case of Clairvius Narcisse. According to the story, Narcisse admitted himself to the hospital in Haiti on April 30th, 1962. He had a fever and fatigue. He was also spitting up blood. Doctors couldn't find an explanation for his symptoms which gradually got worse until he had appeared to have died three days later. He was pronounced dead and held in a cold storage for about a day before his burial. 18 years later, he approached his sister, Angelina Narcisse, convincing her and several others in the village that he was truly Clarius. He did so by using a childhood nickname and sharing intimate family information. Narcisse claimed he had been conscious but paralyzed during his supposed death and burial. A few days after his burial, his coffin was taken out and he was possibly given a hallucinogenic concoction. The person who administered that concoction is known as a boker. A boker is a voodoo witch for hire who is said to serve the loa, practicing for both good and evil. Their practice also includes the creation of zombies. The Boker is said to exert his mental powers over the zombie as long as he is alive. Once the Boker dies, the zombie regains consciousness and is able to then think for themselves again. After the Boker that took control of Clairvius died, he eventually regained sanity and returned to his family. The villagers were surprised, but they did believe him because they believe in the power of voodoo. They believe what happened to him to be true. 
There are other ideas of why Clarius might have disappeared. Some believe it was from guilt, from abandoning his children. Others think that Clarius's brother had poisoned him because of a dispute that they both had, and he had only returned after hearing about his brother's death. It's a bit suspicious, and although this case is very bizarre, it was documented and verified by two American doctors there at the time. Narcissus' case was arguably the first ever documented zombie, the first verifiable example of the transformation of an individual into a zombie. Traditionally, it's been presumed tetrodotoxin and related toxins are not always fatal, but near lethal doses can leave a person in a state of near death for several days with the person remaining conscious. Tetrodotoxin has been allegedly used to turn human beings into zombies and has been suggested as an ingredient in the Haitian voodoo preparations. This idea appeared in print as early as 1938 in a non-fiction book named Tell My Horse by Zora Neale Hurston, who reported other multiple accounts of tetrodotoxin poisoning in Haiti by Bokers. This idea was then popularized again in the 1980s by ethnobotanist Wade Davis, who brought the Clairvius case back into the mainstream light. Although there was heavy skepticism, Wade Davis investigated various cases, including that one of Narcisse. The reports appeared that Narcisse indeed received a dose of a chemical mixture that induced a coma and mimicked the appearance of death. He was then allowed to return to his home where he collapsed, quote unquote, died, and then was buried. The scientific identification of these toxins hasn't been proven, and there's a lack of evidence as to which toxins are truly used in these concoctions. Maybe perhaps they're being guarded by the secret societies of Haiti. Maybe it's because only the initiated ones know the true toxins that are being used, if there are any. But this concept of the zombie is much deeper than we've been led to believe. What if it's not chemicals that they're using? What if it's not a contagion, a pathogen, a virus, or anything else? What if you were able to turn somebody into a zombie by using your mind? One of the main components of this case was the societal and cultural influences that Clairvius had. The society that he was in truly believed in the power of magic and voodoo. They understood that it was a real thing. Wade Davis hypothesized that the societal reinforcement of the belief hypnotized Clairvius and any other person that was turned into a zombie. They knew they were dead to everybody else, so they assumed that role. Dr. J.G. Fraser writes, Wherever sympathetic magic occurs in its pure, unadulterated form, it is assumed that in nature, one event follows another, necessarily and invariably without the intervention of any spiritual or personal agency. The law of contagion is a superstitious folk belief that suggests that once two people or objects have been in contact, a magical link persists between them unless or until a formal cleansing, consecration, exorcism, or other act of banishing breaks the non-material bond. J.G. Fraser was the first to present this idea and has claimed parallels in quantum physics. This placebo effect is true magic. Being able to induce a biological change in someone without actually doing anything, that's what a lot of occultists aim for. The reproduction of that same outcome consistently. So this entire time we've been led to believe that it's some sort of virus or pathogen that takes over your nervous system and your body 
and turns into a zombie. But what if that's predictive programming through the use of media that we consume? Movies, video games, TV shows. What if that's the true contagion, the psychological contagion? When they implement and implant that belief in us that this is a possibility, that psychological warfare. The mind is a powerful thing. And I think this leads to thought forms, egregores, or tulpas, things of the collective consciousness that are able to manifest themselves in our reality. I'm not saying the supernatural doesn't exist. I'm sure it does. But the truth is stranger than fiction. The etymology of the word zombie comes from 1871 of West African origin, Kikongo, Zumbi, Fetish, Kimbundu, Nzambi meaning God. Originally the name of a snake god, later with the meaning reanimated corpse in voodoo cult. But perhaps also from Louisiana Creole meaning phantom ghost from Spanish sombra, shade, ghost. The English word zombie is first recorded in 1819 in a history of Brazil by the poet Robert Southey. The Oxford Dictionary gives the origin of the word as Central African and compares it to the Congo word Nzambi, God, and Zumbi. In Haitian folklore, a zombie is an animated corpse raised by magical means such as witchcraft. The African deity Zombi is the name of a snake deity in some cult of West African Vodun and Haitian Vodou. Zombi is a Creole word thought to be derived from Nzambi supreme god of the Bokongo people of Angola. The deity is connected with water and appears in different impersonations, one being Zombie Dumbala, the rainbow serpent. When I stumbled across this zombie topic, it made me want to research Haitian voodoo. The idea of voodoo is that the practitioner opens themselves up to the deity in order for this entity to come into them. They have over 232 recorded deities. They have a hierarchy. In contrast to other beliefs of ascension, where usually the practitioner looks to ascend up to the Godhead, it's inverted in voodoo. The Godhead comes to you and enters your body and uses your body as some sort of vessel. These entities are called loas, spirits in Haitian voodoo and other African religions. One of the main deities, or loas, is called Dambala. He is the most important of all, Loa, and he is traditionally portrayed as a great white or black serpent. Dambala is said to be the Sky Father and the primordial creator of all life, or the first thing created by Grand Met. One of the things I found interesting about this deity is that Dambala is usually syncretized with either St. Patrick or Moses. The inspiration for the archetypal zombie comes from Haiti. In the early 1900s, U.S. Marines were occupying Haiti, and from their exaggerated reports and stories told when they got back to the U.S., inspired the zombie that we know today. Hollywood wasted no time in taking this idea and turning it into a billion-dollar entertainment industry. The first ever movie named White Zombie is a 1932 American pre-code horror film. The movie is based on a book, The Magic Island, by William Seabrook, and it's about a young woman's transformation into a zombie at the hands of an evil voodoo master. Of course, it takes place in Haiti because of the stereotypes of the time. Most of the main characters are white, and all the zombies are black. White Zombie is considered to be the first feature-length zombie film, and has been described as the archetype 
and model of all zombie movies. This movie was produced at the heels of the Great Depression, with other films such as Frankenstein in 1931 and Dracula. The cinemagicians were hard at work, creating their chimeras, creating their mythology, and further programming the masses to other possibilities and the supernatural. I believe this was part of the spell that's being casted upon society. Back then and today, the Great Depression was an economic shock that impacted most countries across the world. It was a period of economic depression that became evident after a major fall in stock prices in the United States. The economic contagion began around September and led to the Wall Street stock market crash of October 24th, Black Thursday. It was the longest, deepest, and most widespread depression of the 20th century. Focus on the economic contagion. I asked myself, how was it that Hollywood was able to produce such films during a time like this? Why didn't the movie theaters go out of business in the United States during this period? One of the things I found was that movies provided an escape from the hardships of the Great Depression, allowing a glimpse into high society life so far from rural life. People were fascinated by the movies themselves and by the glamorous lives of the men and women who starred in the films. Hollywood was captivating the minds of the masses, transporting their consciousness into other places out of this realm. It was an escape for the people. It makes you think why, when in 2020, that thing hit, theaters never went out of business. AMC was a meme stock at one point. What if these theaters are used as some sort of simulated caves? We know secret societies use caves for their rituals and rites. Well, what is a theater if not a simulacrum of a cave, of a womb? A dark room where you go, sometimes in the middle of the night, you sit down, and they flash a bunch of sigils in front of your face for a few hours at a time. In the 1930s, Hollywood was solidifying the archetypal zombie in people's minds. Are the cinemagicians of Hollywood the bokers of today? We know there are several different types of zombies. There's the zombie astral, an aspect of the soul that may be transmuted at the will of the one who possesses it. A zombie cadaver, a zombie of the flesh that can be made to work and a zombie, Savane, an ex-zombie, one who has been through the earth, become a zombie, and then return to the state of living. A philosophical zombie is a thought experiment in philosophy of mind that imagines a hypothetical being that is physically identical to and indistinguishable from a normal person, but does not have conscious experience, qualia, or sentience. If a philosophical zombie were poked with a sharp object, it would not inwardly feel any pain, yet it would outwardly behave exactly as if it did feel pain, including verbally expressing pain. Relatedly, a zombie world is a hypothetical world, indistinguishable from our world, but in which all beings lack conscious experience. This reminds me to the plot of Stranger Things, again, where the cinemagicians use these movies and these TV shows to program us they're drawing inspiration from occult topics such as these. There are other types of zombies. A behavioral zombie, neurological zombie, soulless zombie, an imperfect zombie, and then again, the zombie universe. Zombies, creatures that are microphysically identical to conscious beings, but that lack consciousness entirely, are conceivable. 
If zombies are conceivable, then they are possible. Therefore, zombies are possible. If zombies are possible, then consciousness is non-physical. Therefore, consciousness is non-physical. In the insect realm, there are various types of fungi that take over insects. For example, the zombie ant fungus. In mammals, you have Toxoplasma gondii. T. gondii is capable of infecting virtually all warm-blooded animals. Domestic cats are the only known definitive hosts in which the parasite may undergo sexual reproduction. T. gondii has been shown to alter the behavior of infected rodents in ways that increase the rodents' chances of being preyed upon. When humans contract toxoplasmosis, they're often asymptomatic. However, they may have some symptoms similar to the flu. They may get swollen lymph nodes, headaches, fever, fatigue, muscle aches, and pains that last for a month or more. But at the core of this parasite, there is something much deeper. By them implanting these ideas, such as zombies in our society and in our minds, it is the breeding ground for things much darker. There is something known as parasite stress theory. It's a theory of human evolution proposing that parasites and diseases encountered by a species shape the development of that species, their values, and their qualities. Toxoplasmosis not only gives you flu-like symptoms, it can also influence your political views. It has been scientifically proven that areas with higher prevalence of parasitic diseases often prefer higher authoritarianism and conservatism. The long-term effects caused by the stress of these parasites shifts people's personalities and thus their political attitudes. We are slowly being consumed by the technology and the media they present to us. A smartphone zombie is a pedestrian who walks slowly and without attention to their surroundings because they are focused upon their smartphone. The technology we carry around with us every day is a sort of parasite. We carry the charger around with us everywhere we go as some sort of pseudo umbilical cord. Our smartphones are part of our being. We go nowhere without them. This is all being done by design. The collective consciousness is a powerful thing. These elites know that. Why is it that people act differently while in crowds? Contagion theory was developed by French scholar Gustave Le Bon. In Gustave Le Bon's 1895 book, The Crowd, a study of the popular mind, which I covered in an episode of The Occult Book Club, Le Bon goes on to state in this book, when individuals are by themselves, they act rationally, but when they are in a crowd, they come under its almost hypnotic influence and act irrationally and emotionally. Le Bon went on to talk about a metaphysical contagion that weaves itself in and out of crowds, causing changes within the individuals that are in that crowd. When in these crowds, the contagion causes individuals to lose control of their unconscious instincts and become violent and even savage. Is this metaphysical concept a byproduct of some magical operation that they are conducting on humanity? Is the concept of the zombie speaking to some part of the subconscious of humankind? The literal 
and metaphysical contagions are quite literally bending people's realities, changing the way they behave, changing the way they look at politics, and influencing the way they act. Is the truth behind the zombie that we're already there? Is humankind and society too far gone? Perhaps the zombies are already among us.